Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Kamiya Marabian, joined by my co-host, Jack Shields. We are brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Google Play Podcast, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. Go ahead and drop us a five-star review. Just makes it easier for you guys to see us and makes it easier for everybody else to find us. So really appreciate that. We're recording on a Wednesday night. How's your week so far, Jack? It's been wonderful. Uh, lady friend and I have been house-sitting a house up in Edmond for the past week. How's that? There's a dog there, so it's all right. What kind of kind of dog's there? It's a, he's a lab mix. He's a he's a little fucker, but he's cool. I like him. What's his name? His name is Butters. But- he's a yellow lab uh, mix, and he's he's fantastic. I like him. He he has unlimited energy. But I gotta say, I'm a little miffed that something was not brought to my attention earlier in this stay. Oh no! Apparently, the master bedroom downstairs has a heated toilet seat, and I didn't find this Whoa. out until four days. How do you turn that thing on? Or is it It's just, just always, always on. on. What? Or maybe it's not supposed to always that, be on, I feel but like it is always like on. Like it's a safety hazard. I, yeah, I feel like maybe? it is too. But like, uh, anyway, it's and it's also illuminated. So like... So the vibe's real good. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a game changer. It really is. It's sort of like... Uh, Kind of like the first time you ever fly first class. Yeah. It's very difficult to go back to coach. That makes sense. It's sort of like that. Like, and I mean, it's to the point where I was like looking for excuses to go back there. Like I would like go to Chipotle and drink yeah. a thing of coffee. I yeah. wouldn't actually do that. That'd be gross. But like, uh, <laughs> I was looking for like excuses to go back and sit on that damn toilet. I mean... I, I, it's an awakening. That's my next big purchase is yeah. a heated toilet seat. Complete it, game changer. Is it like somebody just sat on it before though? No, it's like, uh, like warmer, <laughs> warmer than that. So it's like, it's like, it's like heated it, seats in your car, except, for except the on the toilet seat. And you can actually poop in that one. You can poop in the car. It. Of course. Yeah. I bet wow. you could rig a car to where you could poop in the seat, but like, Probably. I think that exists actually. That'd be, I guess. Truckers might use that actually too, huh? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. That would be useful for them, but I feel like <laughs> so. I'm more. I'm more curious with this dog's name. Is is the family aware of the South Park? Oh, of course. Yeah, Butters? that's what okay. he's named after. Oh, okay, yeah. well, then that makes more sense. 
I was like, what person is naming their dog Butters? Yeah, it's a great dog name. It's a fantastic dog name. But, man, my, I'm, I'm just, like, chilling this week. I've been taking several naps. Like That doesn't sound like a bad week. I'm not a nap guy. Like, if I try to take a nap and I yeah. wake up, I'm groggy for the rest of the day. Like, I go into sleep mode. My body's like, okay, well, it's time to have your eight hours. Yeah. And, and if you wake up after three hours, I'm completely out of whack. So, so, so I can't I've got nap. This iced, so I've got this iced coffee in a coffee mug. There you go. I'm waking myself up. But anyways, hey, guys, we got plenty of stuff in this podcast besides heated t- toilet seats, which sound amazing, actually. Um, talking about... Change your life. Yeah. Preseason FPI polls... Spring game stuff, uh, NBA All-Stars and basketball things, some of your Twitter questions, and there's other things related to the Sooners and old Sooners in general. Um, so let's dive on into that. So a lot of guys are on campus. Uh, spring enrollees are there. You see them tweeting at their pictures like crazy. Andrew Rame is still a guy that uh, tweets that still uh, takes his jersey pictures with his glasses on, which I think is pretty cool. Uh he doesn't... I don't he, hate it. He looks pretty normal. Kennedy Brooks take, has his jersey picture with his glasses on, and his glasses are off-center, so it's a little awkward and odd. Um, but yeah, guys... Kind of like his running style. Yeah. It, but it works. It, it, it works. It, it's functional. So guys are on campus. They're taking pictures in their jerseys. Spring, the spring is here. Um, the weigh-ins have already happened. Now, as far as being available to the public for weigh-ins and jersey numbers... That'll be likely to actually come within the next couple of days, most likely by this weekend. But, you know, it's still February. Uh, it's it's not even spring yet. We're a couple of weeks away from March. But what are, what are some things you pay attention to in the offseason to keep you going as far as college football? It, it's The pickings are slim, dude. I mean, I'm, 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 my yeah. mind is on the thunder right now, essentially. Yeah. I mean, and a little bit of recruiting stuff, I guess. I mean, it's sort of seeing them plant the seeds for the 2021 class. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they've already done a lot of that, obviously, but they're sending out new offers like crazy yeah. over the past few weeks. So it's interesting to see which guys get those, you know, how many local guys maybe get an offer. Mm-hmm. But as far as team stuff is concerned, it's, I mean, I guess waiting around to see what the deal is with the suspensions, I guess. I yeah. mean. Which is obviously a big storyline, but there's really not going to be any updates on that. There aren't going to be any big scoops coming out on that. Like, yeah, you're not going to find anything out until yeah. basically the summer. And this this feels like a time where it's it's you're grateful to be a Thunder fan because anything coming out of the camp that is like legitimate news is usually not good news. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So like that's probably and we'll talk about this a little bit later. This is probably why there's a ma- massive decline in attendance to basketball games for the Sooners and even the Cowboys up north in Stillwater because you have the Thunder playing literally every other day. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there aren't that many things to keep your attention in the offseason unless it's like, just like, oh, oh the XFL is on and, oh, you know, so-and-so And we're reaching this. for yeah, that. I mean, we really are. It's, I mean, I feel like they do sort of get it from a marketing perspective, yeah. though, the XFL does. They're, it's one of the few startup leagues that has sort of done that right, I feel like. I read. I read. They've some done stuff. some cool things. I read some stuff where they they've already surpassed the amount of money that the AAF. Or they whatever. did that like in the first week. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, and they've got that. I guess this uh, sponsorship deal with Bud Light Seltzer. Yeah. Every single locker God. room, they're celebrating with the Bud Light Seltzer. 
Even Landry Jones celebrating yeah. with the Bud Light Seltzer. Landry Jones from Artesia, New Mexico. That is correct. Yeah, it's just like, it's pretty weird. Like he, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it a little bit later. It's just like really funny how they have those cameras on the sidelines. But recently on ESPN, they, they came out with the, the preseason FBI poll. And, well, they had the Sooners third behind Clemson and Ohio, and Ohio State. And then to round out the top five, Alabama at four, Penn State at five. They had also had Texas at seven. And then A&M at eight. How much stock do you put into any of this? Um, see, this should we put any stock into it? See, this isn't really a poll per se because it's like the FPI or whatever. But like, I, I kind of sort of like obviously Texas needs to prove something in order for me to actually believe in them. But I do kind of get it just because they're returning a lot of production. So them getting a little bit of preseason hype isn't that weird to me. Right. Does that make sense to you? And then yeah. A&M returning Kellen Mond, even though he wasn't that great down the stretch I, last year. I really don't like Kellen I don't Mond either, as a quarterback. But like, I, I guess returning a quarterback means a lot as far as like returning production, as far as these metrics are concerned. Unless and stuff you're like OU. That. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, OU's getting an upgrade at quarterback. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't, you're gonna don't, hear don't, say that, don't say that too much. There are some Jalen Hurts truthers out there that I, really think he's... Pretty I love Jalen, but ab- no. <laughs> like, He's uh, a above average You're going to see a lot of uh, national prognosticators who maybe don't pay that close of attention saying, well, what's Oklahoma to do uh, or what's Oklahoma going to do without Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray yeah. or Baker Mayfield? And there are going to be a less they of those don't people. Listen. Yeah. There are going to be so much, so few of Every those single offseason, it's how is Oklahoma going to replace X skill position player? It turns out that Oklahoma recruits skill position players quite well and has a system that's very friendly for them. So it's sort of a moot point at some point. I mean, Oklahoma's always going to be good on that front. Do you think it just comes down to defense and offensive line? You think at media days this year, one of us should stand up and ask a question on Lincoln Riley and be like, to Barry's point last year, do you think Oklahoma (laughs) will take a dip in production offensively this year heading into into the 2020 season? Go for it, man. I'll, I'll leave that to you. Uh, and then Barry's going to murder one of us. Division three basketball coach looking ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those jackets are expensive. Yeah, it's just like, he looks like he bought them like at a consignment store. But they're, they're so expensive. Like, I think I, oh, I think I was talking yeah, to All Keegan. of his clothing looks like it smells like smoke. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. I think I was talking to Keegan or somebody. And uh, Keegan Renault, Sooners Wire, and just talking about Barry's outfits and like how much money those things are worth, especially those coats. And it's just unreal. I wonder if Barry's going to ask that question again, but in I mean, that's a lot of money to look like a tacky ass. I mean, he's wild. But he's Barry, you know? And it's all too big for him. That's what All of it's too big. That's fair. That's fair. It's like the real Slim Shady out there with Bexa with jackets. But uh, yeah, I mean, this offense is going to be fantastic, and like I think I, I th- that could be something I see Barry Tram going over there and asking it in jest and not seriously after seeing what they did with Jalen Hurts, and that would be kind of funny. I think it'd be funny too, and but he's it, pretty decent at self-deprecation. He is, unless it's Russell Westbrook. Um, but if you're Lincoln Riley, and just as the head coach of this program moving forward, you know what, what is the most important thing? to you that you feel like should or needs to be accomplished this offseason 
in order to really propel yourself into this 2020 season as far as going all in for a national title because at this point it's not stoops uh it's not 10 wins in a conference championship it's national title or bust again it's that mentality so what's the most important thing that needs to be accomplished you think basically as far as things that are within his control offensively it's basically just getting Spencer Rattler mentally prepared for what he's about to face because the offensive line is going to be fine. Oh, yeah. The skill positions are going to be more than fine. So, I mean, it's just a matter of him being crisp while he's out there, and I, I think they're going to get that done. So, I mean, you're going to see a few hiccups, I think, in bigger games, but, at, I mean, he'll be better for it eventually. So. Do you think we're we're placing too much... Maybe that's not trust, but do you think we're placing too many of our eggs in one basket when we're talking about Spencer Rattler and what he can do after not seeing him play legitimate snaps this year? I think it's sort of fair to ask that, but at the same time, he's as physically talented and as, you know, natural of a thrower as any quarterback that Lincoln Riley has ever had under his watch. So I think. Obviously, there are going to be some hiccups, like I said, yeah. but I think as far as overall efficiency is concerned, you're going to see a, an uptick offensively. Mm-hmm. I like, think of Baker Mayfield in his first year at OU. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was making big plays. He was putting up big numbers, but he had some, he had some head-scratching hiccups. Yes, yeah, he did. You might have a little bit of that from Rattler, too, because he's a big risk-taker. Yep. He's very confident in his arm and his abilities, kind of like Baker Mayfield. But that's what you want, you of know? Course, of course, of course. But offense. at some point, like... In 2016 and 2017 with Mayfield, he sort of... Uh, he transitioned. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he... I mean... And that offensive line is actually pretty good, too, finally. Oh, yeah, uh, of Next course. year. Of course. And, like, he's reaping the benefits of that, like... Big time. Because you, you talk about... And Rattler's going to have a phenomenal one yeah. in front of him. He's going to have everything he needs to run the table this year. You talk about... And be a Heisman candidate. Yeah, I agree. And he's a... He's a his odds are better... Higher than, than Hard G. Ellinger. Yeah, Ellinger. And uh, you you talk about him being a gunslinger, and you talk about him being very confident in his arm to where it could get him in trouble, and we that that's exactly what people said about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and, that's and you'll what see you need a little bit of that. You'll see some yeah. head scratching picks from time to time, but as far as overall efficiency is concerned, and yards he puts up, and yards per play, and things of that nature, it's going to be wild. You're going to need that gunslinger mentality to operate that Lincoln Riley. Of course, offense. yeah, of course. Uh, because you saw, we, we see firsthand uh, the last four or five games for the Sooners this past year that if you don't have the confidence and really if you just don't show that confidence and ability to throw willingly over the middle and take risks, uh, as you saw it in Jalen Hurts, the offense doesn't run functionally. Now, of course. will you put up points just because you have C.D. Lamb and you have all kinds of other dynamic playmakers? Yeah, you will because the offensive line is big. It'll, last year you're referring to. Yeah, yeah it'll dominate the Big 12. The off- that offensive line will, and you have CeeDee Lamb on the outside, and you have your own legs as a Jalen Hurts, whereas this year you and have some really good safety valves and guys like Lee Morris yeah. and Nick Basquin. I mean, and but you they, you never use them and to play, yeah, exactly. And this year you have a, and then last year, of course, uh, Jalen, he didn't necessarily have the best offensive line guys, especially on the tackles. And this year, I mean, Rattler got to sit out a year, yeah, really understand the game at a deeper level, understand the game from Lincoln Riley at a deeper level, and his offensive line's better. Uh, does he have C.D. Lamb? No. Uh, but does he have a few guys that are more than capable 
He has Jaden Hazelwood, yeah. who is capable of being every bit what CeeDee Lamb is. Yeah, I agree. Which is insane. So yeah, but I, it's absolutely true. I, Same with Weiss. I think you're totally spot on when you say you know it's getting Spencer Rattler ready. I think that the rest of the offense is ready to roll. That's yeah. literally the rest of the offense is ready to roll. There's only there's only one of those eleven guys that is not ready to. Hell, produce. you could plug in one of these other quarterbacks on the roster, and it would still be an elite offense yeah. as far as numbers are concerned, at least. But I mean, with Rattler, obviously. It, could be untouchable so since, especially by the end of the year since you said getting rattler ready um i'll go the other side of the ball um and my job is to get the other quarterback ready which is a quarterback of the defense and get that other inside linebacker mike ready to command that defense whether it's deshaun white caleb kelly brian asamoa or david aguaybu who they have experimented with or are going to experiment with yeah i know i Inside, see the, yeah this the look bit of an eye me. razor but yeah it's kind of you, you kind of it's where concerned. you're at from a depth perspective though i mean yeah it's, and it's tough and now you actually have coaches on the defensive side of the ball that you can lean on like a brian odom that people really like uh Kobe mckenzie we'll talk about maybe a little bit later i mean a guy that's massive uh and reclassified, and reclassified for 2021 because He's a 2022 kid, and I was like, okay, I, I really don't care right now. That's so far He's out. He's already physically ready to be and on then campus. It's, it's I guess wild. him and his dad figured it out to get reclassified for this coming class. So now it's like, okay, I care about this, yeah. this recruit now. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But spring game stuff, it is going to be – I I had a, maybe a Freudian slip or something like that. I, just, uh, I thought it was going to – I thought it was 420 – Get your mind out of the gutter, Kamiar. Yes, 418, April 18th. It's federally illegal <laughs> still. Federally. But states are, you know, states are different, you know? That's the reason why the Civil War happened. It's a joke, not really, but uh, <laughs> that's, what pe- that's what people in the South will say for states' rights. But anyways, Lincoln Riley didn't really want to say whether or not it would be a night game. It's going to be a night game. It has to be, right? It like, will after be. seeing how big of a hit it was, yeah. playing under the lights... It was fun. Yeah, like, didn't they, but wasn't it on a Friday last year? It was a Friday, but, I mean, that was because of the weather All the, all the storms that were going to happen and yada, yada. Saturday night, I mean, that'll be more convenient, like, yeah. for families and stuff. Like, that was the one exactly. complaint about Friday last year. It would be tough for families and, and people like still that, showed up and, and getting off from work. Yeah, mass. It's a great attendance. I mean, it's going to be... It was like you actually saw an actual game. Man, with Rattler being sort of unleashed in front of the crowd yeah, and fun. with it being a lights. night game on a Saturday, theoretically. And it could break the record for OU. And if it's for recruits, for a spring game, if absolutely. it's for recruits and you know ahead of time and it's Saturday night and hopefully it's warm, like in the mid-60s, who, who 70s. Knows, but... like Because they had been stricken with bad weather for how many years in a row or cold weather. And it was kind of nice last year. And it was nice after last the, year. The change. Because yeah. they avoided the they avoided Yeah, the they bad avoided weather. the bad weather, yeah. Because previously. It was a smart move. Yeah. I've been to some spring games that were just brutal. Yeah, I, I stay in those years. I think I think the last time I went to. There's a, usually a ton of wind. I yep. mean, pretty I rough. The but. last time I went to a spring game that the weather was nice out was Baker Mayfield played but he was not eligible 2014 yeah Yeah, where he just was almost near perfect and people were like oh it's because he went up against the twos just trying to fool ourselves and it's just like no he's he's just much better than trevor knight but i mean we've had trace atkins we've had lee bryce what what is the ideal entertainment see it's sort of a moot point asking me because what i want is not going to 
jive with whatever <laughs> Billy Bob from Wewoka wants, and that person's going to get priority here. Yeah. And alumni are going to get priority here. Or I'm an alumni, but I mean, like, the big wig alumni are going to get priority here. So, I mean, I'd like to see... Leon Bridges would be pretty cool. Okay. Leon Bridges is pretty great. I was actually curious and looked at his price tag for something like Ooh. this. Last year, Lee Bryce cost 150 k That was okay. his fee. All right. The window for Leon Bridges is 150 k to 300 k So it's going to be more than 150 k It would cost yeah. more than that. But would they be willing to do that? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. The, the thing is, I, I think they're worried about bringing in people who aren't necessarily interested in football. I think that's part of what that's part of the justification they've given before for bringing in certain artists. Yeah. So I don't I mean would he, you rather have Toby Keith there to a certain extent cuz I know he would do a favor for the University of Athletics. What yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I obviously I don't like Toby Keith, but I mean he would draw a ton of people Especially from Oklahoma. He, he, yeah, it might. They might open up the upper decks for that. But play some. Uh, Who some other famous Oklahomans that they could they could get for that? Well, Garth's an Aggie, so yeah, Gar- can't do Garth. And even though Turnpike Troubadours are on hiatus. Hope Evan Felker gets better. Reba McIntyre. Reba, there you go. I don't know. I mean, or maybe Vince Gill. Vince Gill. Oh, that's the next name I was is, thinking. Is Vince of. Gill touring with the Eagles right now? I don't know. Because he, he, I know he was on like their last few tours or something like that. Because he's, uh, I think he sort of plays Don Felder's role on guitar, and then Glenn Fry's son sort of plays Glenn Fry's role. Here's my ideal entertainment that the old crowd wouldn't necessarily like, but the college crowd and people like us would definitely like because. These guys were popular when we were in college, and they still are popular. Just haven't done a lot recently. It's the Kings of Leon. A lot of people like them. Yeah, I mean, big it, OU it, fans. It, 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 yeah, it wouldn't be an embarrassing move. A lot of people like them. I and think they put on a show. It would be safe. I think, and I, they're big OU fans too. They are. I think it would be cool. They seem like cool guys too. Or Hanson. Ooh, Mbop. Hear Ooh, that? I'd be down with that. Hear that crap playing like it's nineteen ninety seven again. There you go. Like a. The the equivalent for people in Oklahoma, <laughs> it's you know how everyone every baby boomer says they were at Woodstock, but there's no way that all of them are telling the truth. Mm-hmm. People in our age group, everyone claims that they were at Frontier City yep. in 1997 Hanson when Hanson played at Frontier City. Yep, and I mean obviously they're full of it because that stage does not nope or the area in front of the stage doesn't fit a ton of people, but everyone claims that they were at that show. Yeah, the Hanson brothers. They were a big deal. I remember big deal when, in Oklahoma. When people mistook one of the the middle the middle one for a girl. Taylor, really, yeah. Well, they, they really yeah. Confused. Taylor and Zach, the youngest one, were always mistaken for girls because they looked it's the like hair. girls. It's the, hair. the oldest one didn't look as girly, even yeah. though he had the long hair. But what's his name? There's, to, there's the a, oldest one is Isaac. The middle is there's, Taylor, there's and Zach. the Zach is the That's youngest right. one. Zach is wow. the drummer. We're reminiscing on 1997. Oh yeah. Good that was, times. That was fantastic. But yeah, I think ideal entertainment. I would like to see Kings of Leon because those the the followers. They put on a good show. I, I've seen them before. They're they love fine. it. They love yeah. OU. They yeah, love big OU, OU athletics. Fans seem like good dudes. I love Garth. Like Garth Brooks is like the only country musician I really actually am down with. But he's an OSU grad. Yeah, he he has played at uh, Owen Field before, but that was a charity. Yeah, thing. he did that for Toby Keith That's thing right. after the tornadoes. That's right. But yeah, because they, they played, so he they, wouldn't do it for the spring game. I think the OSU crowd would ostracize him if he did that for the spring game. But they played Garth at the peak the other night. 
that played friends see, in low that, places. I, that's I, I'm trying to remember the last time that ever happened at a Thunder game because I think because they you would think that they would play the Thunder rolls. They yeah. never have. Yeah, right. They never have. It's too I, easy. I think, see, I think there's maybe like a rights issue there, because you know he's not on Spotify, right? And he's not on. That, see, yeah. that bugs the hell out of yeah. me. Yeah, but he's on Amazon Prime Music. Is he? He is. Okay, he is. But Interesting. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to hear beer run, B double E double R U N. Amazon Prime Music is for you. Um, or you could hear the Todd Snyder version on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, it's not for. It's not. It's not as. You know, I like it. Yeah. But is there anything that you wish you could change with the spring game in general? Like, um, you know, ones-on-ones, of course, they never, they hardly ever have enough guys on roster now. Exactly. Now, this, this, this or year... Or that are healthy for spring. Yeah. I mean, they keep people out. They don't want to... This year, maybe maybe so, because they had so many early enrollees for the spring. Uh, I, I just keep on remembering Travis Lewis, the Team White team, and Team Red, and... They had like they bet a steak dinner, and he showed up to he showed up to like oh, yeah. whatever wearing a white suit. And you gotta love Travis Lewis and like really Gee eccentric Lou. players. Absolutely, I was and, so uh, happy when he played in that Florida State game in Tallahassee when yeah. everyone thought he wasn't gonna play, and, and he ran out there and played pretty neat. You gotta love, he had a shark shaved in the side of his head. Oh but yeah. What what is there anything else you might change about the spring game? Like I don't know, like in, inviting another another school over but that wouldn't happen because the ncaa what, what, what would there be that you could change about see the a lot game? of the comp- the changes i've had in mind over the past have been done now like having a musical act i mean that's yeah. a good thing and uh they're selling beer at the stadium now obviously oh, that helps a lot makes it a lot better actually. helps a lot and then uh especially oh, as far Hurts as throwing like the way that the game is played and the format and stuff like that they tinker with it every year it's never perfect so i don't really have any productive recommendation there so i don't i i'm kind of coming up blank here honestly yeah and that's that's a thing so it's like i can't think of anything about the game that we could change to make it better so i mean it's just i think it's just a good listeners if you have thoughts on that send them to us and we'll discuss them next week i mean like the fact that changing it to a night game was like game changing tells you a lot i think so moving on to some nba all-star stuff uh, Buddy Heald and Trey Young were in the three-point contest, and well, Shavano Rainier Heald, which is Buddy's actual name, he won, and Trey Young scored basically half as many three-point buckets as Buddy did, and Buddy actually won the three-point title right on the last ball yeah, of the rack. And very Buddy Heald-ish to fashion. be Devin Booker electric, and like. All of us in one of my buddies' living room, we just all collectively screamed and took to Twitter to shout, "Buddy!" Uh, it's you, you got to love it. I mean, he just got he got benched for Sacramento to come off to, to be the sixth man, and he's just been lighting it up ever since. And I wish he would just get out of Sacramento, but it was it was really cool to see a couple of Sooners uh, in, in, in that in that, and then of course. You know, Blake Griffin's not even there because he's been hurt the last half of his Which career. Which is a shame yeah. because last year before he got hurt, he was looking like one of the best players really in the good. league. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, he's all of the complaints about him coming into the league about he was kind of one-dimensional. Like yeah. he was someone who could maybe be good defensively. He could dribble with his right hand. And that's saying it. that he wasn't very skilled offensively. At this point, he is so skilled very offensively. Skilled one man. of the most skilled offensive just, players in the league. It's amazing how much work he put into his game. Those knees aren't holding up. And Yeah, exactly. And it just sucks that it's not working out from a health perspective. But 
hopefully next year he'll be good as new, but who knows? Yeah, and then so it was really it's just really cool to see a couple of Sooners there playing that in the three point contest, and of course Trey was there for three of one year and Buddy all all of his career, and it's just really I went back to look at Buddy's career trajectory at OU. You look at his numbers year by year, freshman to senior year, and you just see massive jumps from freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and then like the amazing senior year he had where like in Lawrence in the fog where he should have they they should have won. If Kadeem Ladin had hit his free throws. God, yeah. Jesus, there are a lot of what ifs from that game, but I mean that was like, that was the best regular season college. They gave basketball him game ever. a standing ovation yeah. in the fog yeah. after the game. And then when they went down to LSU and, and they were really not doing anything worth a damn, and then he just catches fire yeah. in the second half. The, yeah, the LSU fans were chanting and SEC ben and chanting "fuck you, buddy." Yeah, granted that wasn't a great LSU team. They did have Ben Simmons. Yeah. He was great, obviously, but the team itself wasn't was that great. Good. But yeah. the environment they were playing in and the energy in that mm-hmm. arena. That was one of my favorite OU basketball wins ever. Man, I'll never forget. With uh, Isaiah hitting that yeah. last second oh, shot. Fantastic. And then Kadeem with the block to clinch it at the end. That's that was just right. I forgot about that. Exhilarating. And then, doing it to LSU, whose fans are douche nozzles. So. What, what really sucks is like one of the things that really sticks out to me out of his career at OU, which makes it the most, like one of the most legendary things, because he, like, he earned so much praise from Kobe Bryant, and uh, was the Big 12 uh, the Big Twelve tournament when they were about to go to the finals, I believe it was. It was I think it was the Elite Eight when when Kobe Bryant saw Buddy Heald in That's person. Right. Yeah, it was in Anaheim. But he, uh, they were playing Iowa State. I think in the conference semifinals. Oh, I, I was there. I, yeah. I was like, man, they're gonna win. And Buddy half court heaves it because there's still that a was, second left. That was West Virginia. Oh, was it West Virginia? I see. Yeah, okay. I was in the arena for that one. There's too. a second left on the ticker. Yeah. On, on the ribbon around the stadium, yeah, but, but that the game wasn't clock the official one, yeah. Was, had time run out, and it was just a second, and he heaves it, it goes in, and he leaps onto like media press yeah. row, and everybody's like, oh my God, this is not happening. And I was like, this is the most buddy heel thing. Like, this just adds to his legend, and even though it didn't count. Yeah, my experience with that was surreal because I. Like, before that, it was looking bad. Like, a few possessions yeah. earlier, there were like 10 seconds left or something like that, and like. West Virginia was about to shoot free throws, and they were going to clinch it and stuff like that. And then I'm walking out of there with my buddy. Oh, you had given up. I had given up. Okay. And we're going down the escalator at the Sprint Center, and we hear just this roar from inside. Oh, and no. we're like, oh, God. And I start running it. back up the escalator, like, with, like the opposite direction. Yeah. And I get into... Back into, like, the area of play, yeah. into the sands, and, like, I see him up on the um, table. Like on the on press and row. And everyone's going nuts. And some Kansas fan, <coughs> excuse me, he, uh, some Kansas fan sort of looks around at everyone and goes, he didn't get it off. And my it, that thought didn't even occur to me at the time, because I didn't see the shot. Yeah, yeah. And my heart immediately just sunk to the bottom of my chest, because that doubt finally entered my mind yeah because i was watching on tv and i was like oh he's got a second left he's got a second left and then they show like the screen they show the screenshot of the ribbon where he's probably looking around the stadium says you know 0.2 seconds but then you they show the screen of right above the goal post where it says zero and it's just about to lead the flick of his wrist and it's just like but even that even in that loss 
That that adds to the legend of Buddy Buckets oh, as, yeah. of, of what I love the to call happen. on that too. It was it was, it was Musburger good. and yes. Fran Fraschilla. Yes, and it was. Fraschilla just kept yelling, "Healed, healed, healed!" It was like incredible. I mean, Jeez. I it's uh, I wish so much that that shot have counted. It would have been one of the most legendary shots. It would have been the most legendary shot in OU history for yeah, one. It would obviously, have been and it would have been like one that they play on college basketball yeah. highlight reels forever. And they and they still and they still do during Big Twelve Conference do, Championship yeah. season, and it's just like it's one of the greatest shots that never counted this, ever. This is why Buddy Heald is an OU basketball legend. He stuck around four years. He built his game like he looked nothing like he did. He his averaged like year. nine a game as a freshman, and he was wildly inefficient. Yeah, he you could tell he was talented, but he just didn't quite he have it. Came from Sunrise Academy in in Kansas, and. He just turned himself into this automatic, stupid machine that made bad shots all the time and just was automatic from three. So just really interesting. What was really cool about the actually all-star basketball game was the Elam ending where instead of time running out, they got to a certain point. So it's like playing pickup again. It's like, oh, first one, 15 wins. Yeah. Which during the game didn't really matter. Uh, and then at the very end, it got super chippy. Like in pickup, it like you know first one to twelve freaking wins. It sucked that it ended on a free throw. That sucks so bad. But could you imagine an Elam ending in college football? Like and for like what are you in what setting are you? First to fifty to? wins. Oh God! I mean, OU, OU would have OU how many national titles national, by now? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like Lincoln Riley would have how many national titles? Well, the problem is that I mean, if we're talking about like that Alabama Orange Bowl game, then I mean, Oklahoma like literally didn't get a stop yeah. against Alabama in that Skunk. game. They would have lost that Skunk, one. But, yeah, but it's I mean, it's still would, interesting to think about. Yeah, because like it's fun. It's fun to it's fun to look at that, but at the same time, it takes away the illustrious like Vince Young Texas versus USC where time is running out. And like so, it's like a play course, against time, yeah. and it's like oh, it's a walk off or b- the belldozer in Bedlam where he takes on a block, he takes on a defensive guy, runs over some other guy, as and time expires, as time expires, or just and before time expires. So it it takes away those moments from you, but also adds a lot more excitement to say, hey, first one to fifty wins. But at the same time, like sometimes that would be very painful watching Army and you know Ooh, some God. other school. Uh, you might as well last have a eight hours. But it's just like this. I like the Elam ending in basketball. It would be fun. It would eliminate a lot of dumb things. It would eliminate a lot of dumb fouls. And it would actually force people to not foul, actually. So, anyways, um, we're about to hit a break. We have some Sooner basketball talk. The guys that are 16 and 10. A lot of your Twitter questions, which are pretty decent. Some more stuff involving Sooners, former Sooners, maybe some Heisman stuff and a Gundy. And then a little bit more of start one, bench one, and cut one. We'll check you guys right after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, Jack, so let's talk about a little more basketball, but a little more Sooner-centric, even though we just talked about Buddy and Trey for a minute, but more so just gloated on Buddy and how much I miss him and love him. 
attendance sucks, man. And in you tw- before we started podcasting, you tweeted me uh, or tweeted everybody the the Longhorns. Their crowd arena. looked worse than it's any worse OU than crowd the OU this year. Stuff. It looked worse than the OU Iowa State basketball crowd, which was one of the it, that was the worst LNC crowd I've ever seen. And it's for a conference to the game. point where Mossman and them are like, no, students that have football tickets have basketball tickets too. They're just not showing up. So it's yeah. like Castiglione and everybody else is calling students out, and it's just like you're they really deserve calling to be students. called yeah. out. And with Top Dog there too, like you, if you don't, if you don't like, uh, they don't appreciate Top Dog. If you don't, is the issue. they didn't grow up with Top Dog. Exactly. That's, they, they, who, what's this new mascot? No, yeah. it's not a new mascot. It's the same. I, I would go to the game just to see Top Dog, and um, it's a thing where like grandparents take their grandchildren. You know? Yeah, of course. And attendance just is awful. And so, like, so what? What are some incentives? And I mean, even last night with it being the number one team, there were a lot of empty seats in the upper deck. Now it was still. A decent crowd. Oh, of course it was, but it's the number one team in the country. It Show damn out. sure better be a Show great out. crowd. Yeah. I mean, that's the bare minimum. <laughs> and of course, we've talked before the podcast, and a lot of it has this, a lot of this has to do with the Thunder you moving into OKC uh, and yeah, seeing yeah, what quality basketball is like. A lot of people cite like the time commitment and the financial commitment of having to choose between the Thunder and. OU basketball. I, th- I think that's a, that's a part of it, but I think it has more to do with sort of the psychology of the fan in this market. Mm-hmm. I think it's very difficult to go from watching a Thunder game where people make layups and hit mid-range shots and don't dribble the ball that's off their fair. foot. Yeah. It, it's just college basketball is often unwatchable. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's tough. To, I mean, it, even it's, for Duke, they make bad plays. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky. I, I think like, and also when the Thunder moved here, the standards for what constitutes a big sporting event changed. I think college fair. basketball sort of took a hit as far as that's concerned. I mean, if you have a guy like a Buddy Heald or a Blake Griffin or a Trey Young, that's one thing. Just automatic. But if you or don't exciting. have something like that, then it's very difficult to get the attention of the people around here now. I mean, it's it, and that's not just college basketball, and it's not just OU. I mean, OSU's having trouble with attendance as well. Yeah. Granted, I, I, that's partially because they've been shitty for the past several years. But and, but like when when the team is good, good, good. It, I mean, and the thing is, OU basketball, they, they don't just have to be good. They have to be entertaining. Yeah. Like Samson, his team struggled with attendance yeah. quite often because – it wasn't exciting basketball. And they were good. Yeah, they were very good. They were elite sometimes. But they weren't like, that much. I mean, it's just like the Blake Griffin show shows up, dunks upon dunks upon dunks. All right, we'll show up for that. The Buddy Heald show with possibly a final with a final four run shows up. And that crowd wasn't even always the best, but a lot of people were there. There were decent crowds. And yeah. they were affordable, too. And these tickets are super affordable, but it's just like they're so inconsistent. It's they're not they're not gonna make they might make the tournament but they're not anything special. I think they are gonna make the tournament. This is gonna be the third year in a row where they make the tournament without being a very good team at all. It's possible. So like what, what, and what, see that puts OU basketball in a weird and the OU leadership in a weird spot yeah. too because OU they're making the NCAA basketball tournament. That's basically this program's standard: make yeah. the tournament, make the tournament every year, be consistent. But at the same time, I mean, he's they're doing well enough that you can't really justify moving on from Lon Kruger. Yeah. So it, it, the program. I mean, I could, ju- I could justify right it by watching his offense. That, that's true. I think that's the. It's god 
one area where they could maybe nudge him out. The but. defense is good though, and that's why they're staying in these big games <laughs> with like Kansas and Jim the Molinari Baylors. was a big time hire. Yeah, yeah, Give Kruger credit for that. I mean, that's helped immensely defensively. So what are, what are some incentives? that you might offer to students in order to make attendance better? They've tried an awful lot at this point. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm not sure if there's any magical marketing maneuver at this point that is going to get people in the seats, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I think the product just has to be better. What if you... I See, one thing, though, person I worked with with the Chiefs, he also worked in the uh, marketing office at Kansas State, and he helped with women's basketball at Kansas State. Okay. They gave out free bacon to students to come to the women's basketball game, free and they sold bacon. out the student section. No way. Go for it. What? Oh, oh, what were those What were those things that they were trying to put on your car window before they never even took off? Those big yellow things that instead of like, you, it was a boot basically for your car, but like it like oh book the on your windshield. Uh, the uh, what are those things not the called? plankton uh it's, what was that thing yeah I don't know it's like a big yellow the barnacle thing. the barnacle the barnacle and it <laughs> got plank- taken away like a day later because everyone was making <laughs> fun said, of them you said the plankton some character from SpongeBob <laughs> the barnacle but yeah it's like maybe if you said hey the incentive is you come to the game. We will prank one of your friends and put a barnacle on their car, and we won't take it off for, for six hours. I feel like that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. But would it fill the stands? <laughs> I think it, it might. I, I think, do it. I think the student section at least would be filled. Um, I, 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 one thing, I mean, obviously they sell beer in the stands. So yep, I mean, that's yep. obviously, if they have a fake ID or if they have a real ID, they can get their beer. Dollar can, beer night? I like that. I think that would. I feel like maybe improving fraternity relations and stuff like that, that would that probably too. help Greek life. I think Capel made a lot of effort there. Yep. Which you haven't really... I think Kruger probably has made some effort there, too. I, I obviously wasn't a student when Kruger was the coach, so mm-hmm. I can't really speak to that. But I know Capel made a lot of effort there, so that's one thing he did right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. And so the Sooners are 16-10. and 10. Uh, They've got... it. At OSU, Tech at home, at West Virginia, Texas at home, and then they round out the season at TCU. They realistically, to me, need to win three of the next five, three of those remaining five to get into the tournament. I definitely think they should beat the heck out of OSU, but you never know with OSU. They can beat Tech at home. They can beat Texas, and they've already shown that they can beat TCU this year. That West Virginia game, I don't think West Virginia is like super incredibly dominant. Now Oklahoma beat them in a, it, it's in a, a big good win from an NCAA tournament yeah, perspective because they 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 West Virginia gets a lot of respect like in the net rankings yeah. and stuff like that so that was a big win I think all these games are legitimately winnable at different variations of difficulty but I can see OU beating OSU Texas and TCU or OSU Tech I, and I Texas I can see them maybe beating Tech at the peak yeah that's I mean, right it's on I think Sunday. I think that's doable I mean Tech's pretty good but they're they're beatable. So I, I, I can see that happen. Yeah, I, I can definitely see them winning three of those games, and you know, like you said, I think it, that would get them into the tournament. That would and winning do it. Yeah, nine games. and nine would get them in. And uh, Devian Harmon, I thought he had some interesting comments about his own frustrations with the team, not necessarily about uh, how much he doesn't like the team or like how the team is performing. His frustrations mount from the unsure of who's in the starting lineup every night. 
Well, that's because it involves him. Yeah, I mean, it's fair, you know. But like, Alondis Williams is going to be there one night. I'm in favor of Alondis Williams. I like him now. The thing is, I'm not sure if Harmon's the one you take out. I think maybe you take out Reeves. God, yeah, he's, he, he hasn't deserved. I mean, he's he's no, comically inefficient. It's no coincidence during the West Virginia game when he kept on fouling people that when he went to go sit down, when he wasn't there to take bad shots, the Sooners increased their lead with Reeves sitting on the bench. And when he, because it forced them to play through Manic and Doolittle. And then when he came back in, the lead somehow shrunk a little bit more because taking transition off-balance threes and transition off-balance mid-range jumpers are Iso not Austin. good That's his new basketball. nickname, Iso Austin. God, How about that? It's just so bad. Like I, I don't... And you know Kruger's on his ass about it in practice. Like, stop taking those shots. They're bad shots. They're bad quality shots. And he still does it. So Debbie and Harmon, of course, uh, he has frustrations because... A lot of his stuff is at stake as far as like playing time, where he should play, him and Jamal Biennemi, him and Alana Williams, who's playing where. If it was up to me, I'd play Harmon, I would play Biennemi, and I would play Alana Williams. I would too. Biennemi's have... confident now too, and he's a great yeah. defender. I mean, I'm all in favor of Biennemi. I'd have Reeves come off the bench, six yeah. man. Yeah, Until he finds a shot. Tinker like, with it. Yeah, just his, let him do that. His efficiency is like literally less than half of what it was at Wichita State from three. It's crazy. It's bad. And so, and honestly... I'm just going to say this again. This probably has to do something with Long Kruger's offense. It's of not course. good. There's not a lot of pick and rolls. not a lot of pick the and pop. The leash is too long and the light is too green. Just, it's, I, I hate it. I hate it all with that style of offense. I think it bleeds into some of those frustrations. It, see, it's all great when you have Buddy Heald and Isaiah Cousins out there. Yeah. But when you have guys who are limited, it's really frustrating. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate it. It's so bad. But we have some Twitter questions. And uh, one of them, I guess, can serve as a recruiting outlook, kinda. We'll talk about it a little bit more. But one of them is from that blonde girl at OU Girl. Um, Robin's a fantastic person and even a better friend. She says pod dog. And I always forget what this means, but I think it's time to talk about, like, maybe your favorite dog. Um, do you Someone do you a- who can be the face of this podcast. Yeah. I, right now, Butters is in the contention, the dog I just dog-sitted. What about your parents' dog? Is Nick it, is great. What about Nick? Nick is like an adorable dog. He looks like a like a show dog golden retriever. He's very... He, he's, he's ornery. Yeah. But he is... He's a good Fantastic. Boy. He's a very good boy. Yeah. He's very sweet. He's like seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, He's I not met, too hyper. I think I met Nick once, right? You did meet him. Yeah, we podcasted. Yeah, he, he came over while we were podcasting, and he puts his head on your leg while you're podcasting. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy. 10 out of 10. Uh, but yeah. You've got some pod dogs here. i got some pod dogs here. One's in the bedroom next to me watching. <laughs> She's actually watching an ESPN 30 for 30. Which 30 it's for 30? The, oh, that, it's the one with Coach Mack at Colorado. Great one. And it's got Eric Bieniemy, yep. Jamal Bieniemy's uncle, yep. uh, who should be a head coach, but for some he reason, absolutely should be a head somebody's, coach. Nobody's hiring him away, and, and I, as you being a Kansas City fan, I'm sure you don't mind that he, he's not being hired away. It, well, see, I'd, I'd like to see him hired away because it's bullshit that he's not. Yeah, being I mean, hired. yeah, you, you'd like to see better for him, but at the same time, it's you're not necessarily upset he. It's going to be still. I mean, a as, as selfishly as a Chiefs yes, fan, I like to have him around because he's awesome. But 
He absolutely deserves to be a head coach. He, his name's been thrown around for the Colorado gig, but if I were him, I wouldn't do that. Nope. I know, obviously, he's an alumni, but yep. that is a dead-end job. Yep. Don't take they, it. They don't put enough resources into that gig. They don't really have very fertile recruiting ground. I mean, Boulder's great, but I mean, if you're not going to put good since yeah. Gary Barnett and like Bobby Purify and yeah. those folks were still there. Oh, I loved that backfield. Chris yeah. Brown, Bobby Purify, Purify. the Houston it was, it was kid. Good. It was good. They were good. I remember, I remember reading those Sports Illustrated magazines and the Athlon Sports and seeing Bobby Purify and all those guys in the cover. I was like, oh, and they, they were like Athlon Sports would say, oh, that's a loss. Or that they put an asterisk and like, oh, this is a game that we have no idea what's going to happen. And that game was an asterisk for OU back way back in the like, 2001. Yeah. Oh, you uh, did. It was uh, fun. Trying to think. Oh, you did win that game. They did. Yeah. They did. Barton. Or no, they didn't play them that year. They didn't play them until 02. That's right. And they Because, yeah, they, the it, title game the, too. Uh, the, South-North scheduling was the same in 2000 That's as right. it was in 01. Right. So they played Nebraska and K-State and Kansas again in 01 mm-hmm. and switched over Man, to Colorado. I, I miss having 12 teams in the league. <laughs> you do, too. Who would be, right now, who would be your two that you would add? Two Arizona schools. Two Arizona same, schools. Same here. It makes too much sense. Yeah. And, I mean, the Pac-12 is struggling so much from a revenue, revenue perspective. Yeah. I mean, they, you might be able to Especially convince them. with the SEC deal, where they're making way more now, like... Dude, scoop up both those Arizona schools. I don't give a crap about what BYU's whatever statements are on athletics. Get them for football only. Yeah. And then it. just add, like, I don't know, somebody yeah. in the – add Cincinnati because you wanted them in the first place so many give, times. Give West Virginia a neighbor. Yeah. So, I mean, instead of going to 12 with the Big 12, now you'd be at 14, and you'd be more perfect with that. Or just take the Arizona schools – you take Colorado back, who'd be probably more than likely willing to jump and add Cincinnati. I don't know. I think Colorado kind of likes being out there you think from so? a cultural perspective. Yeah, I think they mesh a little better out with the Pac-12. But uh, then you could split Big Twelve East. Utah West. maybe would be one that you mm, could consider. I like that. But see, it's peak off season. We're talking about conference realignment. I, I I never get tired <laughs> of it. I really don't. That'll be a conversation we definitely have in the spring. Oh man, it's it's good times, but. Um, I mean, it's the ultimate clickbait source. Always, <laughs> always is. Always so, is. That, and the Big 12 could go ahead and spend millions of dollars. That never runs dry. The Big 12 could spend millions of dollars on a search firm and just realize, you know, we're going to stand put and make everybody, including myself. I was so I was so angry because I was championing BYU as a great, great conference member. And I, I, I literally, in a span of like a week, I got roughly 50 BYU followers. And they were like, this guy wants BYU in the Big 12. I was like, yeah, because like, you look at their history, you look at their stadium. Well, and you look at how many fans they have. Yeah, it's, it's a, a massive huge fan, fan base. base. Why not? Every Mormon is a BYU fan, pretty much. It's not like Notre Dame where, you know, most Catholics like they're sort of like, kind yeah. of like eh, Notre Dame, I kind of like them. BYU, the Mormons yes. are all in on BYU. It's a brand. that you Just the why. That's all yeah. you need. And, and so... They'd be fantastic, but again, they couldn't get over a lot of stuff, and I don't even know if they actually intended to expand, even though they spent those millions of dollars. But next question is from at Aaron's Aaron Sneerly. Aaron's Nearly. LeBron the Goat is his Twitter name. He wants to know the outlook for the 2021 recruiting class. So I just went with a couple of big names that they're definitely one to get of course Caleb Williams a quarterback who actually now on the updated 2021 rankings is 
the number one quarterback. And a lot of signs point to him signing He's with Oklahoma. He's higher ranked than the Vandegrift yep. kid, even. And when Vandegrift signed during Vandegrift's the summer, the he was number one. the pocket passer. This guy's the dual threat. And, you know, and people are like, but he had, because Caleb Williams, he took pictures in the Clemson uniforms. And people are like, oh, no, he's going to Clemson. And then he took pictures in the LSU uniforms. Like, oh, no, he's going to go be at LSU. I would say if I were an Oklahoma fan, I'd be very comfortable with Caleb Williams being my signal caller for the 2021 class. He likes OU. Lincoln really likes him a lot more. One comp that I kind of like for Caleb Williams is a right-handed Tua. He kind of moves around. It's not like bad. Him. He kind of moves around like him, and his throwing motion's kind of similar. He's a little more athletic, a little more straight line speed, but not much more. I mean, he's yeah, a dual yeah, threat yeah. guy, but he's not. He's not a Kyler Murray as of far course, as speed is concerned. Course. I mean, he's he's good though. He's someone who would be fantastic at OU, especially in Lincoln Riley's yeah. system. And yeah, Caleb Williams is you know one of the top guys in the top one hundred, the number one quarterback. And Demarco Murray, his main assignment basically is hey. You come here, you're learning on the job as far as coaching, you get me one of these two guys, or both, I don't know, you get me Kamar Wheaton from Garland, Texas, I mean, you were a cowboy when he was growing up, and you were the face of the Cowboys for that time as far as, like, the NFL leading rusher and dynamic athlete, or you go get me Travion Henderson from the East Coast, where Oklahoma's had a lot of success lately with Lincoln Riley and that's from Virginia. In, um... Washington Redskins country too, so he's well aware of Demarco Murray as well. So, so you go get a bit of weight there. One of those two guys, and I have nothing to say as far as like Oklahoma, who's leading for who, because honestly, there are so many offers going out this past two weeks. You can't really get a grasp on it until spring game um, and more of these other Sooner squad link up 21, whatever it is that they're using. You can't get a grasp on it. Um, But the main thing you can see with the 2021 recruiting class is lock down the state of Oklahoma. Ethan Downs is already a Sooner. The ones that you want at least. Yeah, yeah. Ethan Downs already a Sooner. And you've got some more quality guys on defense. Kendall Daniels from Beggs, who we actually had to Google where Beggs is before the podcast. A 6'4 safety, which basically that's, a, that's an Alex Grinch wet dream right there. 6'4, yeah, 190 from Beggs, which is an in between Okmulgee and where is it? Sepulpa? Oh, between Sepulpa and Okmulgee. Yeah. And it's about 1,300 people living there. He's six foot four. He is incredibly, incredibly long athlete, incredibly long arms. He got his fourth star today. Um, he's a guy that's trending Oklahoma's way. And then you've also got A.J. Green from Tulsa Union. He is 5'11". You know, it's he's not the six foot one guy that Alex Grinch wants, but he's 5'11", but he's packing 190. So this man is about five inches shorter, about half a foot shorter than Kendall Daniels, but weighs 190 because you want these bulky guys that you can jam at the line, and you got to know he's got some speed. So... I mean, in cleats, he's probably about six foot. But regardless, you box off the state of Oklahoma for defense, Ethan Downs, Kendall Daniels, A.J. Green. Those are guys that are trending Oklahoma's way for 2021. And then Caleb Williams, that quarterback signal caller. And then DeMarco Murray's brought in really one thing. You get me one of them two running backs, one of them two five-star running backs, and your job is done. It's taken care of. 
so yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of what it is right now. But we'll know more in the coming weeks with the spring game. Who's gonna come? Who the, who's gonna be at Lincoln Riley's house a Sunday morning after eating the you know, Caitlin Riley's bacon and yada yada, having a good time? I remember when Bob Stoops invited all the guys to his house after a spring game or something like that, and. Baker Mayfield was playing with one of the turtles near his pond, and everybody was like, did he kill that turtle? <laughs> because, like, he kept on playing with it, and then you never saw the picture of the turtle. Like, oh, God, I think he might have accidentally killed the turtle. So maybe you'll we'll have to ask him. I've about. never heard that before. <laughs> it's kind of concerning, but not trying to get PETA on this podcast. But TPAV... Let him come at us. TPAV 58491713 says, I think this is a good question, which recent hire do you think will impact the Sooners more? Jamar Kane or DeMarco Murray? See, because Kyler Murray, it's going to be purely running back with him as far as recruiting is concerned. You DeMarco Murray? For DeMarco. I'm going to go, no, I'm going Kane. Okay. Because his part of his role is to reestablish OU's recruiting connections in Northern California, mm-hmm. which it was very strong in Fresno for a while and in Northern California for a bit, but it's sort of waned in recent years. So that's a big thing. They, you know, like Alabama and Clemson have been moving into that area and mm-hmm. OU's sort of been overtaken as the out-of-state school that was raiding that place. So Kane has been brought in to sort of reestablish that. And also, I mean, I think it's also just because he's a great coach and he's not just helping with outside linebackers. He's going to be helping Thibodeau with, Thibodeau with the defensive line. Yeah, those all, those, all those guys are going to be in the same room together, which is going to be fantastic. I agree it's Kane. Uh, Murray, like I said, Murray's job is get me Trevian Henderson yeah. or get Very me important, Kamar Wheaton. obviously. That's why he was brought in and that's why yeah. what's-his-face, we've already forgotten his name, Bullware is yeah. no longer here, so and, obviously it's an important role. And honestly, let's let's, let's be honest here. Oklahoma is going to get a four-star running back regardless. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is going to be. Oklahoma is going to get an above-average to pretty good running back. We don't want pretty good above-average. Great, you want elite. Uh, so Murray's job is strictly that. And Oklahoma's gotten above-average to pretty good running backs every year, regardless because Oklahoma. Kane, they signed three or four of the top thirty guys from California. To Arizona State, and that doesn't happen to Arizona State. That's not a thing. So Jamar Kane's, uh, you know, his experience in in North Dakota State, winning championships, his experience at Ohio, Wyoming, where he just met Alex Grinch's staff, actually, and uh, under Herm Edwards, Herm knew he was going to be leaving pretty quickly. Uh, just he he's a bigger hire from his coaching standpoint, yeah. from a recruiting standpoint, a lot of things there. Um, Jeremy Phillips asks, is OU hoops just treading water? Or can they beat anyone good? And we talked about it a little bit. I mean, they did. West Virginia's good. They can beat good teams. They they're com- can. They they're just competing. typically don't. They're competing with the good teams, but down the stretch, it seems like they just seem to wilt because either Brady Manick's not on, or Doolittle isn't on, or Austin Reeves is just shooting you out of the game by the Treading end. Treading water is a very good <laughs> analogy, like analogy, not just for this season or this team, but the program in general. It yeah. seems like they're treading water. I agree. I mean, I, I think they're, I think they're treading water, but I think they had the ability to beat somebody good. Like, it wouldn't all surprise if, me if they get some of these twenty twenty one kids, like Trey Alexander, or yeah. a couple of these, you know, one of these five star visitors that has been here recently. Then they, I mean, then the excitement can come back a little bit. Like, it wouldn't surprise so, I mean, me. Maybe that would help, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they made the NIT. It wouldn't surprise I think me. They'll make the tournament. I it think. They'll make the NCAA tournament. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they lost the first round of the tournament. I it, think that's probably the most likely scenario. Wouldn't even surprise me if they ended up making the Sweet 16. This team is so like weird as far as they're competitive in all of their games. They can beat 
good teams. They nearly beat Baylor in Waco. They near they got very close to beating Tech in Lubbock. They nearly beat Baco Baco Wake uh, Baylor both times. They were yeah. competitive. They should have beat the one them in Waco. If they could shoot in the game in Norman, yeah. they would. It's same with the Waco one. I mean, they just, just shouldn't shoot. So they can be. They can compete with good teams and Manic surprisingly has been a really really good down low consistency has been his biggest issue heading yes. into this season yes. he has been in conference play he's been the most consistent performer yeah, i agree which you know props to him on that i mean yeah. it seems like he's sort of overcome a bit of a mental hurdle as far as that's yeah. concerned which is very good to and see. running the offense through him and do is so good and what's even better is that brady manic's going to be eligible for his like 30th season yep. next year now you're going to see do little go you're going to see him move on. Granted, he's the only departure, so I would expect to see this team. They, they're they not going to be a great basketball team next year, but they'll probably make the tournament yeah. next year. And you'll see Jalen Hill a year older, a Walker, a Walker a, little, a year older. Uh, you'll Harman. see Harmon. Harmon will be more fine-tuned as a dude, point guard, everybody's which he back, needs some Christian fine-tuning Doolittle. as a point guard. Yeah. So. Alana Williams another year in the system. Yep. Jamal Biennemi, another year in the system. Who am I missing? The, the Phipps kid from uh, Booker T. Washington yep. coming in, a great sharpshooter. So you're and getting Reeves guys. Is back, yeah, and so. I really like that. Alondis, Maybe he won't suck next year. Alondis Williams is like one of the JUCO products that has really panned out for big fan for of him. Alon. Big I, fan, and he's not afraid to throw his it down. His effort is consistent too. Like he's one of the first dunkers for OUFC in a while that I'm like, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> do more of that. Like yeah. he's not afraid to take off. He, yeah, he's people. not. He's successful fairly often. Fantastic. Stick his freaking form in the rim. I'm I'm here for it, buddy. But other things, moving on, just random things related to the Sooners, um, or just not, because one of these things is not like the other. The XFL. Landry Jones gets his first start in the XFL, uh, throws some Landry Jones <laughs> interception. As is tradition. And they interviewed on the si- on the sideline, and I forget how Landry Jones talks. I forget his tone of voice until they put the mic in his face. He's like, oh, you know, you just, just got to be better. And I'm like, why <laughs> There's no way. And like you said earlier, after the game, him throwing down some <laughs> seltzers. Bud, what was it? Bud Light, Bud Bud Light, Light seltzer. That's like a big sponsorship like thing with the they, XFL. Win or lose, they're throwing down some Bud Light seltzers after the game. And it's just but Bob Stoops. Have you had them yet? I haven't. They're all, as far as the seltzers are concerned, like I'm not a huge are seltzer they better? Guy, are like, they better than the claw? Hmm. They're comparable to the claw, I'd say. Okay. They're okay. be- they're better than the natty lights. Okay, and so Landry Jones just throwing some his first typical Landry Jones interception and like all right, just be better. And he was actually pretty pretty accurate. I mean, it was, it was much better than when I saw him with my Pittsburgh Steelers. So I, I enjoyed seeing him throw the ball around a little bit more. Bob Stoops, oh gosh, I love it because some people really hated like the invasiveness of interviewing players that have just completely fucked up, right? You throw an interception. You missed a field goal. You called a really bad play. What are you doing? Uh, and their and their delay on on language is so late. Where a that's guy... one of the XFL's marketing. Yeah, things. of course. And, it, and it's one of the new innovations that they've brought to the table. The thing is, Bob Soups doesn't like new he, things. He does not. And they, he they does not like change. They tried to get into his heads. They get get into his heads like, oh, Bob, you know. Uh, what do you think about this? He's like, nope, nope. You have to go to a different channel. <laughs> D- D- he says he's like, go up to a different channel. Uh, uh, defense is on right now. Sorry, sorry about that. It's just like that's the most Bob Stoops ever thing to say. Hey, you're in the XFL. Respond to these announcers through your headset. And he's like, uh, no, I'm good. I'm just gonna tell him to go to a different channel because I'm not paying attention. So like, a he still wants to win, which is cool. 
And B, the most Bob Soup's thing is to be like, oh, nope, 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 go to a different channel. I, I loved that. I loved that so much. And I like the beard. I, looks, I do, it too. It looks good. Tony, very Tony Stark. Well, he, he's got major divorce dad vibes to him. He's not that divorced, too. but he's got major divorce dad vibes. Like someone who's definitely playing golf four days a week. It also looks like maybe he's slimmed down or just because he's wearing black. I don't know. I, I think he might have slimmed down. I think he might have. Maybe the stress. He, it's See, yeah, less, less, less stress now, less so he's probably job. in better shape. And DeMarco Murray finally came out and said it. Now that where he's around the Sooners 24-7 again, he finally comes out and says, yep, if he was playing during that 2008 national title game down in Miami, he was that they were going to win that national title game against Florida. Oh, he's correct. He's right. He's saying what everyone thinks. It's just good to hear it. Oh, yeah. And then it's great to hear it from him. And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Because this shows the amount of confidence he has and his ability back then. And just like, I bet he could still play on an NFL oh, team. Oh, he totally could. Right now. Totally. And like, do you think like recruits walk in and maybe feel intimidated by him? Or they're like, holy crap, that's DeMarco Murray. And so like, they might feel intimidated by his presence as far as like him looking way more developed than any of these high school kids. So and the, even collegiate athletes, do you think that these recruits might be intimidated by his presence? I don't think intimidated by his presence. Or just excited for photo ops. I think, I I, I don't know, but I, I've seen pictures of him with Arizona's backs, and he, he has he has better physique than they do most I mean, like, of the time. There's not many people He looks like he could play better than them right now. I mean, obviously, he's not, he's only like 32. Yeah. And as Lincoln Riley said, now there's no question who's the best athlete on the staff. Like, this man... Oh my gosh! Like he again, he's not even wearing polos. He's just straight up wearing the the Under Armour or, or Nike, like very skin tight apparel. And you're like, well, you can pull it off. So good, good for you. And I really like him as a running backs coach because a, I mean, under Kale's tutelage, I mean, a lot of things are there that you like that. And then you bring in, you bring back this Red River rivalry, and you know that when it gets to that point to play Texas, you know they're gonna show film of him jumping over his offensive lineman to race to the end zone you know they're going to show him tightrope and sideline for the touchdown and that'll get him hype and that'll get his running back room hype so that's really i'm really excited for him but another thing is about the current players do you think the current players know about the whole spray tan incident they'll find out they don't know right now <laughs> but that someone will tell them someone the alumni come around and walk around all the time someone's gonna say something i mean like former players yeah it's it has it has to be there. Oh, totally, yeah. In some capacity. And that see that was a big thing on Twitter. Like that was only like five years ago. Gosh, that was five years ago. <laughs> yeah, and that was on like it was all over the places, like oh, yeah. on SB Nation and Deadspin because and people, all that stuff. People started yeah, was... customizing their Demarco Murray twenty nine jerseys with spray tan yeah, instead yeah. of Murray on the no, back. No, they they probably know about that. God, that's that's it's important, but. Um, <laughs> A break from Sooner stuff, before we go back to more Sooner stuff, you, are you a fan of Stranger Things? I am. I am. So I'm assuming you saw the trailer that I came did. out. I did. Old so, Homeboy is uh, alive, as I, as I thought. I yeah. mean, it's, I mean I they, thought, they, I they led on to that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a fan of Stranger Things and you haven't watched the trailer, we probably just spoiled it for you. But That's fine. If you don't watch Stranger Things, which is a fantastic series... And one of our friends of the pod and just good friends in general, Brady Trantham, does not like Stranger Things. Come He's on. a hater. Come on. Come on. But he also has Mike Muscala's hair. Fantastic. Fun fact. It's beautiful. 
It is beautiful. Beautiful hair. Beautiful hair. I admire it. Uh, yeah, I admire it from afar. But it, it's just like, that's a great show. You need to watch it. Yeah, if you're into science Sci-fi, fiction yeah. or into like 80s movies, that mm-hmm. kind of nostalgia, mm-hmm. then it's right up your alley. Yeah. I think Brady's main thing about it is that like these characters are growing like aging too fast for the plot line. That's true. Which I, I, I agree. I agree. With. That's fair. That's a fair criticism of it. But back to sooner things. There are plots for the Heisman Park. There are two plots, I believe, actually, for a Baker and a Kyler, because I mean they won back to back years. Um, what would their poses be? Well, Baker obviously I wanna I mean I swear to God they're if it's not, not gonna the do the plant. they're not gonna do the crotch grab. That was the coolest thing he did. <laughs> But like, uh, if it's not the damn it, flag, plant, the, it I should be riot. That would be great. And then Kyler, I think it would be funny to put a baseball bat in his hand just yep. to troll people. Like, oh, like the Bo Jackson thing yeah. with shoulder pads, football shoulder pads, and the baseball bat. That would, I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah. The Oakland A's probably pretty pissed, but I mean, Billy Bean wouldn't like it. Even even Lincoln Riley himself, the wound. Lincoln Riley himself, I think, told George Stoya this. Where's calling out everybody in media, told George Stoya this, is that he really thinks Baker Mayfield's Heisman Trophy should be the flag plant. Yeah, it should Just be. do it. It's not like an offensive gesture. Not anymore. Although David Boren did make him apologize because Boren was a bad person shit. himself. Yeah, and a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> and a chicken shit. But. It's just like, if it's not the flag plant, we are doing something wrong here. Make it the flag plant. Kyler Murray, he wasn't he wasn't as open with the media, but we as like fans and media, we only got a year with him. Baker, you got three years with this man, and he yeah. was funny as all get out. And then Jalen Hurts, it became like a sh- facade of like what a hardworking individual would look like in making workout videos after games after he's not satisfied over because he can't throw over the middle. But it's just like <laughs> just be like. Like even like Radosovich, like the guy is funny and he's trying to inject humor into this conversation because they want to see your lighter side. Because Kyler at least showed it with Eddie and those in, in the crew. Made fun and, of his, yeah. yeah. And uh, it and it even Bake was funny even with Tram. And it's hard to be yeah. funny with Tram. And they made it work. And it's like this weird caricature you're putting on. I I don't like it for Hertz. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what Spencer Rattler is because I know he has it's personality. It's going to be fun. I mean, he unfortunately, he's obviously not going to be at Big 12 Media Days this year because he's a redshirt freshman. So I know it's I was February. thinking about this, too. It's like, February. who team captains are going to be? Who's it going to be? Uh, offense, you're going to have Creed, obviously. Caleb Kelly's going to be there. Caleb Kelly and Trey Brown on defense, you would think. You think so? Yeah, you would think so. Trey Brown's kind of like a stand-up guy, and he's been playing for a long time. He's a senior. If Ronnie Perkins was a suspended, I'd say him, too. He'd be he'd be an option, but as far as you think, the, Trey Sermon might be there. Sermon's got a p- chance. Uh, Rambo maybe has a chance. Um, I'm trying to think of offensive linemen other than Ooh. It, they wouldn't do two offensive linemen though. No, nah, definitely not. Um, Creed will definitely be there, like he was last year. I bet it's Creed. Uh, Kennedy Brooks maybe has a shot. See, I think I was thinking Kennedy or Trey, one of the running backs, because they're so experienced in Creed. Uh, but definitely Creed will be there. Definitely Caleb Kelly, and it's like who are the two others gonna be? Trey Brown, I think Trey Brown's a pretty. They should bring I, in. I think he's a pretty. Gabe Burkich. See that there's precedent there. They brought Cybert was Cybert. a captain at one point. He was a fifth captain. 
and Cybert missed kicks, and Gabe Burkich so far has not missed one. He literally has not missed one. He's perfect. I, see, I'm worried about what's going to happen to his psyche when he finally misses one. You remember Roberto Aguayo? Yep. Florida State. Third rounder, right? Yeah, third rounder. Like, left early, and he was a... He, he sort of, like, he was picked that highly because partially because of his ability. Yeah. And then also because he was so good his first two years. And then he had that thing at Georgia Tech. I was there in the press box at Georgia Tech. The miracle on uh, yep. Techwood Drive when they blocked his kick and ran it back and he got helicoptered around that dude. Mm. And he was never the same after nope. that. It ruined him. It's Imagine- easy to ruin the psyche of a kicker. Yeah, remember Austin Seibert's... Uh, iPad when they had plays and it was just just put it through the uprights and every time he missed it I missed a kick it was like oh well let's reference your playbook once again put it through the uprights but imagine taking a kicker third in the third round though God, yeah come on be better I can't even remember who did that but be, was it Tampa it was, the, it was Tampa yeah gosh be better um trying to sell tickets with an FSU guy oh brother where art thou the Mike Stoops joins his brother on staff no i'm not talking the dallas renegades with bob again i'm talking mike soups joining his brother as a defensive backs coach at the university of kentucky any thoughts on that uh, well you have this section labeled as oh brother where art thou i would say that mike stoops is a man of constant sorrow at this point <laughs> damn it <laughs> set myself up for that one i think he'd actually be good in the sec see yeah i think so too because they pass eight times a game well, well, see, not anymore. I mean, <laughs> not anymore. Kind of, it's it's it's, it's evolving its way. now. I it's mean, making it, its like way. Like LSU, down. I mean, was running a Big Twelve offense. Alabama is no, getting closer wait, to that. No, be quiet. You're unleashing our secrets. Georgia hired Todd Munkin. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be. They're gonna, they're gonna try to be good offensively now. <laughs> Gosh, that's but, unreal. Uh, I think you'll be good under under Mark Stoops. I think defensive backs in the SEC. They're recruiting guys that are big enough to play bump and run, and guys come up and run support. And I just never thought him and his older brother Bob just like they just weren't meant for this league as far as defense. No, Alex I agree. Grinch, you see in his first year, took the same players and made them number one in several categories, except what he promised turnovers. I think those come this year. Um, but it's, yeah, I think it's just so interesting that, you know, this brother to brother stick together, I guess, man. Uh, they love from, their nepotism. From Cardinal Mooney to OU to now Kentucky. They're going to bring in, uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, Bruce Kittle probably God. pretty soon. You know, it's interesting, though, because Mike was at OU and to be a Wildcat Arizona. And I was, uh, was a Wildcat Kentucky, right? Aren't they Wildcats? It's Kentucky is Wildcats, that's All correct. Right. So... Shouldn't well, doesn't have to really do, dig do too deep into the mascots he's had to uh, coach under. But did you see Mike Gundy on TikTok today? I don't know what the fuck TikTok is. Whoa, whoa, what? I'm 31 years old. I don't do the TikTok. I mean, okay, I have a TikTok account. Do I? Post- what? What is TikTok? All right, basically it's this. I'm 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 being an old man right yeah. now, but whatever. <laughs> TikTok is essentially Vine. Okay. Okay. Except you can have like different sounds played for you, uh, different sounds that are already made made readily available to you. Uh, but otherwise, it's just a new Vine. Okay. Originally, I was, can get behind that. I liked Vine. And it, that, it was but, simple. But now it's like um, there are different things. Like there's like dance moves on it with like music that you have certain dance moves that go to it, but also just funny stories that are there. So I have a TikTok account. Uh, I don't make videos. 
I just like watch funny videos. I like the ones and I send them to like my fiance and my sister. I'm like, oh, this is funny. And they usually end up with animals or something just stupid or disgusting. But yeah, it's basically just Vine because Vine said they were coming back and then they just never did because Pornhub offered to buy them and they said no. So you turn, they turned that down. Yeah, they that did. probably would have been pretty lucrative. <laughs> Lubrative. Good uh, grief. <laughs> Sorry. You reached for that one a I bit. D- you reached more than I did for the, oh, brother, where are I reached thing? around for that one. Um, oh, okay. Well, that was a little better. That was but, uh, you know, God. Well done. <laughs> gonna I'll, I'll, t- I'll tip the cap to you <laughs> on that one. Going to have to stop the podcast. But let's go to our start one, bench one, cut one before your weekly segment of The Bachelor. I don't have much to say about <laughs> The Bachelor this week. I'm, I just hate... Uh, Peter, he sucks. Let's talk about linebackers. We've okay. talked about we've talked about wide receivers and running backs. We're not going to talk about quarterbacks for a minute. That's for the off season a little bit later. But Teddy Lehman, Curtis Lofton, Kingfisher, Kenneth Murray, start one, bench one, and cut one. Here's the thing: Do they have to play in 2020? Because Curtis Lofton uh, is the best tackler i've ever seen one of the best tacklers i've ever seen like pure tacklers but in coverage he mm, was a liability let's say especially in the nfl uh, they couldn't play him on third down let's say let's let's place them in their respective places so no not 2020 okay uh, then i i'll go curtis lofton start one right yeah i'd I'd start curtis lofton he that was the best season i have seen by an ou linebacker in my lifetime that, he was incredible. Yeah. Um, this next two get a little more difficult. I mean, I he, like. he wasn't the butt-kiss winner just because he wasn't on, like, the preseason watch list. Yeah. He was the best linebacker in the country in 2007. Yep. And the other two were on watch lists, and Teddy did win the butt-kiss. Teddy did win the butt-kiss. Um, let's see. Teddy was great. He over-pursued a lot, though. He did. He used had that he had that track speed. Yeah, he was great. He ran a four four. Not um, incredibly athletic. He was fast, but he's super fast and where he needed to be a lot. Yeah, of course he won the Budkiss. Yeah, you don't win that did. for nothing. Um, God, Kenneth Murray was just so good last year. Dynamic athlete. Man, I wish. Uh, I wish we would have seen what another year with oh, Brian Odom would have oh, done God. for him. Budkiss. Yeah, yeah, he would. He, he was already in the. He was already in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Man, that's tough. Teddy was great. I would throw Rocky Kalmus into this discussion, too. Rocky Kalmus was pretty similar to Teddy Lehman. I took Kalmus off a, this list. See, man. Rocky Kalmus, like in 1999, Bob Stoops' first year, go back and watch the highlights of the game at Colorado and watch Rocky Kalmus just all yep. over the field in that game. He was incredible. And he won the Buckus in 01. Mm-hmm. People forget that. He's yep. one of the more overlooked he is. players in OU history as far as like very accomplished guys. And he was, I mean, he and Roy Williams were, well, and I guess Torrance Marshall too, those were the big three on that defense yeah. in 2000. Like, I remember that I remember that Sports Illustrated issue where it was OU versus Florida State, and it was Torrance Marshall and, and Rocky Kalmus. And, of course, Torrance was was number 10 rocky was 20 mm-hmm. or not rocky but uh yeah rocky, rocky was, 20. was 20 and one of the things that they stood out was if, tw- if 10 doesn't get you 20 will because those guys were such dominating Incredible, linebackers yeah. 
and then you get blessed with the Teddy Lehman. Yeah. Right after. Teddy Lehman was a backup on that team. Yeah. Inc- incredible. And so, did you did you bench and cut one? Oh God. Um. Man, just on pure ability, I you know. By the junior year, Kenneth Murray had sort of shored up the gap discipline issues, and part of that was because of the coaching change. Mm-hmm. And the scheme change, too. Yeah, and the scheme change. Um, man. I'll, I, I'll make I, you, I loved Teddy Lehman. I'll make it easier. I'll rip the band-aid off. I go start Curtis. I bench Kenneth Murray just because of what you're saying right now. Overall athletic ability, prowess. One more under Odom would have been so good, so sweet to see. And then I have I have to cut the Buckus Award winner Teddy Lehman. See, I I'm, I think I'm with you there. I think we're in agreement here. I think that's the first time. What if we've you take away? On a, what if you take before. away Kenneth Murray and add Calmus? You have two Buckuses and neither one is starting. Man, I, I <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'm still keeping Curtis as the starter. Um, <clears throat> man, right. To, and and I, Layman I, Layman is not from Oklahoma. No, Layman's right? from Fort Gibson. Fort Gibson. He's from Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, so all three guys, all Rocky, three guys. Yeah, Rocky was from Jenks. Yeah. So all three guys from Oklahoma: Lofton, Kingfisher, Layman, Fort Gibson. Yeah. And I knew he's from Fort Gibson and and uh, Calmus Jenks. Yeah. Ah oh, man, Oklahoma boys. I don't want to choose between Calmus and Layman. You know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm gonna bench Calmus and. Cut layman. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry, Teddy. Yeah. All right, man. I, I'm just I partial. I'm a little biased here. I had a Rocky Calmus jersey when I was in oh, sixth grade okay. with a custom orange bowl patch. Wow. Pretty dope. I me- I remember growing up and seeing Teddy Layman, and I was growing up at, and this time I grew was growing up in Purcell, go Dragons, and uh, when I was playing some football for the school junior high. I always wanted number 11 because Teddy Lehman was the popular linebacker. I was like, give me 11 because that man is a madman and he is fast and he, he does was. not care. So, yeah, just like growing up, it, it hurts your heart to say you have to cut Teddy Lehman, but yeah. here we are. He's bald. He looks good bald. Oh, he looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, he's in great shape. But uh, He looks like he can go out there and play for sure. <laughs> Definitely. All right. It's, it, hey. He's good at his job right now, too. Oh, he is very good. He's great up there with... Uh, He's great with Ted, with uh, what's his face? Why am I blanking um, on Toby Rowland? Toby, Toby Rowland, yeah, Toby, he yeah. does a great job on the OU broadcast and in the and studio. He does too. All right, well, it's 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 your floor for the Bachelor, man. Uh, Peter sucks. He is a nothing human being. He's awful. He made a horrible <laughs> choice picking Victoria, who is also awful. He did pick the one girl. He did not eliminate her. The girl, her dad is an assistant basketball coach at Auburn. Well, Last name's Pruitt. Mm-hmm. He looks like the most Auburn human being on the face of the earth. He looks like an Auburn student who was like left out in the sun for too long. Mm-hmm. He has like the swoop. He has like the attire. He they, the family was toasting with. Uh, Wine glasses, but they had sweet tea in it. Very Auburn. Mm-hmm. Ultra Auburn. Definitely. Very religious. Super deeply South. religious. Very Auburn. Yeah. So, anyway, I think it sort of made the Bachelor guy uncomfortable a little bit. Mm-hmm. But whatever. He's terrible. 
Um, trying to think. Hannah Ann. She didn't used to sparkle with us, but she kind of sparkles with us a little more now. Hannah Ann. And they cut who I thought was probably the least terrible one in Kelsey. Okay. So, anyway, Peter, main bullet point here. Maybe only bullet point here. Peter, idiot, bad. He gets whatever bad thing he deserves in life. He's awful. That's that's the end of my little bachelor rant. All right. Well, it, it by the time you guys are listening to this, it might be even Wednesday night because a lot of you guys actually download this and listen to it Wednesday night, and then or you're listening to it on your commute Thursday morning. Um, but yeah, it's about it's getting close to the weekend. You got any plans? Ooh, I'm going to Denver tomorrow. Ooh, yeah, girlfriend and I are going to Denver. That's fantastic. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, coming back on Monday. What for? Just chill? Her birthday. Oh, so, yeah, it'll fantastic. be fun. And we're going to do, like, brewery tours and stuff like that. Brewery so. tour. Ooh, if, going up We're going to go to Boulder, too. Try to hit up Voodoo Donuts. If oh, you... we've done, I've done that. Oh, then I've, I've done it in both Denver and Portland. It's wonderful. It's, it's delicious. It's, I, would you say better than Hertz Donuts? It's basically the same thing. I would agree with that. It, it's pretty much Now, the in same. Colorado... They make special donuts well, for voodoo see, that depend on the price that it's going for. Well, she and I are both applying for jobs at the moment, so we are not going to That's do that. That's a good idea. So, That's, yeah. There you and go. we're talking about the best... Bit do- of a buzzkill, but whatever. The best donuts. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, this weekend I think I'm going to chill. I'm going to watch some basketball. I'll watch some more XFL, which is growing on me. You know, they're, they're, the football is progressively getting better. The offenses, anyways. Um, and then, of course... I don't. I have a lot. I just have a lot of other things to do. Is Ocho Cinco gonna start playing like halfway through the season and be a kicker or something? I'm really hopeful that something like that happens. Be pretty cool. But I think that wraps us up. Do you have anything else? I think I'm good. All right. Well, hey guys, follow us on you know on the internets at crimsonandcreammachine.com. Lots of stuff dropping, and I'm gonna put together a post that will really even will even like take off this 2021 class a little bit more. Uh, we kind of offering you a snapshot on the podcast. Go ahead and follow Jack at CC Machine or his personal kind of J. Larry Shields. I'm at Robbie and CCM. Again, guys, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Google Podcasts. But mostly on iTunes, you can give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. We're at 91, I believe. Still a few away from 100. We really appreciate it to get you guys to get us there. It makes it easier to find. And appreciate you guys, and we'll check you guys later.